0: I was watching the last dance with my sons, and I realized, though it was about Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and the Chicago Bulls, one of the biggest factors of the Chicago Bulls was Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson was the leader, the coach. He's the person, as soon as he stepped on to that team, he helped them to get a ring. He was able to help them to see who they were individually and as a leader, and as a team. And I think that's why we need a coach, because you need somebody to help you develop yourself personally and within a group. So that's what Al Hardy is here to do. That's what I'm here to do, is help you to grow personally and within your team, within your group, within your family. Go to www.MrAlHardy.com forward slash coaching sessions. Promo code, owls, chicken, and waffles. This is Al Hardy, and you know we call this Al's Chicken and Waffles. We call it Chicken and Waffles because this is the dynamic duo. In this uh, episode, um, I have a great, uh, smart, beautiful young lady, uh, Shakira Green. Uh, we're, what we're going to do is we're going to get into, into uh, everything that she does, right? Um, from her media to uh, she, she does marketing uh but we're really going to talk about finances right um she's going to explain everything that she does she's a mom uh and we're going to talk about relationships right we're going to talk about your relationship with the bank um Shakira um I I can't wait for you guys to hear everything that she has to say Shakira what's going on hey Al how are you thank
1: you so much for having me on I really appreciate this opportunity. So proud of you and all the great things that you're doing. Such a role model for the community. And, and so pleasure to partner with you again, because we, we did some stuff when you was at Marion P. Thomas. Yes.
0: Yes. Yes. So if, if you didn't know, and, no, and I, I really, really talk about it on here. Um, I was a Dean of culture at a, a charter school, Marion P. Thomas. Um, now I am a, a recreation director and, uh, So, you know, so the community work is something that I always do. And I had uh, Shakira come and she spoke to our young ladies and it was a super great, I always say super dope, but it was a dope conversation that she had with our young ladies. It was all black and brown girls, beautiful young ladies. They were in the seventh grade. They were super inspired. Um, one of the things I think about Shakira is is that she's she's very warm, she's very knowledgeable, but then she's also fly. So we we're gonna get into all of that <laughs> today. <laughs> uh, Shakira, let's let's do this. Let's. How did you get to? Uh, all right, let's do this. What? Where are you at now in your career? Give us your title and everything like that. Yeah,
1: sure. So I'll just do a brief intro. Um, I work at the number one financial institution. Um, I'll leave it as that. Um, <laughs> I transitioned to the firm um, about a year and a half ago. Prior, I was at another financial institution for about seventeen years.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I started off in banking. I actually started off in banking as a teller,
2: mm-hmm. and I
1: think that's what gravitates a lot of people to my story is because you don't see a lot of top senior executives. You know, start off from the bottom. Most of them come in with like a finance background or started on Wall Street. And um, I got into banking by accident. Mm. Um, I was waitressing at the time, and um, mm. I met these two incredible women. And uh, at the end of their dining experience, she asked me. Um, She left her business card, actually, and said that it was the best service that she had ever received, and if I ever wanted a job, to reach out to her. Mm. So I actually got into banking by accident. I was going to school for communications and broadcasting. Mm -hmm. If you would have asked me, I was going to be the next Brenda Blackman. Oh, okay. She was my idol. (laughs) But, you know, God had other plans. Um, So, And um, I quickly got in, again, um, quickly moved up once I was in the industry. I Mm -hmm. started off as a teller, went to... Was a banker for years, then was asked to become a supervisor, a manager, and then um, I became one of the top referrals in the country with home equity loans. And then they approached me about becoming a mortgage um, lender, Mm. a mortgage consultant, rather. And um, they sent me to California for four months. I trained, came back, became the number one top mortgage consultant. And um, in, in the company, and did really well. Then I was asked to take on more responsibility, mm-hmm. management. You know, mm-hmm. they asked me, "Could you teach other people to do what you do?" Mm-hmm. And I said, "Sure." Um, did that really well for a couple years. Um, then I was asked to take on a really difficult location, which was Elizabeth on Broad Street. You know, next to the courthouse. Uh up the street from the welfare uh, building. Mm. And um, it was just a really difficult branch. Service was horrible. The sales numbers was horrible. Took that branch from being 141 to number one in a region. Mm. And um, I just got to know people. I got to know the community. I, I wanted to know every single judge, prosecutor, attorney, clerk that worked in that courthouse. I wanted to know every single business owner that was on Broad Street. I got to know them when they came in you know, I wanted to make sure that they was getting an experience. Mm. And um, from there, um, we started, they started to trust me mm-hmm. and they started to trust my team. And then I started booking like a million dollars a month just in investments mm. in a community where we didn't even have a goal. The company didn't even see this as a branch that deserved a goal. And we did really well. And I did that, took that branch to be number one and did so well that they approached me and they say, hey, we want you to run a, a district. And I said, okay, you know, (laughs) and so uh, I got the opportunity to manage uh, a portion of Essex County for five years. I worked very closely in the Norks, the uh, South Oranges, the Livingstons, Mm -hmm. and um, took that uh, area who was not doing well. My first year, I -hmm. I actually fired (laughs) about 47 people my first year because they were just doing things that were unethical. But I had to clean house, you know, and I said, I would, I rather work with and retrain brand new people rather than, you know, not have the trust of the community where, you know, if you walk into a bank, you shouldn't have to worry about getting, coming in for statements and leaving out with a credit card that you didn't authorize. Mm. And so I had to clean house, you know, that's the first thing you got to do. It took me about a year and a half, two years to build that market up. Mm -hmm. And again, another community that, um, really wasn't sought after in terms of investment, but people don't know. It's a lot of money in Newark. It's a lot of old money in Newark inherited, you know, and, and Essex County isn't just Nork, even though I know Nork is doing a phenomenal job, but Essex County is also the oranges, the Livingston's. And so there was definitely opportunity there. We just needed to, to build the trust of the community and build those relationships with everyone. And so now, like I said, I'm, um, I'm at JPMorgan Chase. I'm in Manhattan. I have my market is called Lower West Side, so it consists of um, everything from World Trade Center to Fifth and Twenty First and Fifth Avenue. I have thirteen locations, um, close to two hundred and ninety-two employees. I don't know the number changes every other week, yeah. but um, I lead a team of people who specialize in helping clients build, protect, and grow their assets. And I'm I'm really really honored to work with so much talent in the industry. I mean. New York is prime time. It's the number one share market. And so um, I'm just pleased to be an African-American woman that they took a chance on to be able to lead in this area. And we're doing phenomenal. Growth is up. Um, and we're, you know, we're just doing what we, what we should be doing, which is educating people about their finances.
0: Man, that's, 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 that's an awesome... Awesome story, right? I mean, and not not just story, but who you are, you know, being starting really, you know, you you, you talk about starting as a tailor, but we you started as a waitress. You know what I mean? Um, I, I think that's amazing in and of in and of itself, right? Um, and we're gonna get a little bit into that, um, because uh we, we're gonna get into that and when we're talking about uh customer service, right? Um Uh, I had a chance to, and I want to say thank you. Thank you for the opportunity for, uh, for me to come to, uh, your, uh, you had a leadership meeting and we talked about, we talked about trust, um, how to, how to build trust. Uh, and we, and I gave a, a acronym for trust and, um, it was an amazing experience for me. Um, being in the room with uh with what wh- wh- were they uh managers uh branch managers yeah it was a branch manager um
2: leadership
0: meeting Yes, yep. yes so i was uh i was thrilled i and i was i just i was coming from brooklyn cuz i was speaking to a group of young men and then i had a chance so it, it was it was a busy day you know getting up early i drove a couple of other brothers with me um but it was i i want to say thank you for that experience. And I say that because, you know, from... I've seen you uh, at your last position uh, being in the midst of the community, right? Uh, Can you... Let's talk about that, right? Um, The relationship Mm -hmm. that that you as a leader built with the community and why that is so important. Cause I've seen you do a lot of community service. And as a leader, some sometimes, especially in the banking industry, a leader doesn't necessarily have have to do that.
1: Right. Absolutely. So for me, it's not an option.
0: Uh-huh.
1: You know, I wouldn't have this seat. I wouldn't have these opportunities had it not been for folks that came prior to me. And so, um, you know, I'm also the chairperson of the Urban League of Essex County. I work very closely with Miss Vivian Frazier. She's phenomenal. She's the CEO, very active in the um, community. And you know, it's just not an option. You know, um, one of the first male mail, mail carriers um, got a job from the NAACP and from the Urban League of Essex County. So when I'm in the community, it, to me, it's a due diligence. It's what you do. You give back to the people who invested in you. And, you know, I really feel like everything that I do, if I do it well and I get it right, it means that I'm showing them that it we're capable because mm-hmm. unfortunately, you know, we always have to prove ourselves. We always have to be 10 times
2: better.
1: So it means they'll take a chance on another girl from Jersey City or North. Um, and that we're qualified, you know. So I, I think that also, too, you can't call yourself a community bank. If you're not in the community, the people should, should see you. You should be underwriting loans for people in the community. You should be educating the community about their savings, you know. And I'm very passionate about it. I mean, 46% of Americans don't have $400 save for an emergency. And as you all know, we just had a a, a national pandemic. Like this was an emergency. How many people weren't prepared for this? Mm -hmm. You know, 81% of black women are household breadwinners. Mm -hmm. And so that means I'm very, I'm also very passionate about speaking to women. I Mm -hmm. think women need to be empowered. You know, men, you guys are good. And you guys come to me and we're going to talk about finances with the men too. (laughs) But men are more, men are more confident than women. And so, you know, I've had even even that in the workplace, um, I've had males come up to me. They haven't even been here a full year yet. And they're like, you know, where's my promotion or I want to do this job or I want to be there. And they're not they're very confident. They're not shy to share what they want. But oftentimes women feel like we have to prove ourselves first before we can ask for permission for anything. Mm. And so um, I think it's just important to educate um, the community about financial literacy, you know, and one thing that COVID has has done is it set us back even further as af- as African-Americans and Latinos. So when it, you say it has that, set us
0: back. When you say that, what what mm-hmm. do you mean by that? Because I've heard you say that. What, what do you mean by that it set us back financially? It set us
1: back financially, absolutely. I mean, 7.7 7 million people in plus counting, that number changes every day, filed for unemployment. Mm -hmm. So if you think about the jobs that um, are mainly the industries that were impacted, it was mainly restaurant industries, Mm -hmm. right? retail industries. Who do you think have those jobs? Mm -hmm. Us, for the most part. Mm -hmm. Right. And so when you wipe out, you know, um, people's force of income, a way to survive and take care of their families, um, it is definitely going to set us back. You know, oftentimes we feel as though, um, and not everyone, because every, some people have a better situation, but oftentimes we feel like we don't have enough to save. I got to pay this bill. I got to take care of this. So I'm constantly robbing Peter to pay Paul. Mm-hmm. But in actuality, you should, you should be saving. Savings is a priority. Mm-hmm. You know, just like we got our hair done, our nails done, our haircuts, or, you know, we have the latest fashion on, you have to make savings and investing um, for your retirement a priority. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to be here to educate people about home ownership. I want to be here to educate you about retirement about college and preparing, you know, I don't want, I don't want people to have to go through the struggles that me and so many other people had to go through with working two jobs to pay for school. Cause I was raised by a single mom mm-hmm. and she just didn't have it. You know, she did the best she could. So she put me through Catholic school. So that was in my family, a huge accomplishment because, you know, going to public school meant other social, cha- social issues or challenges I may have had versus, coming up with that tuition and putting me in a Catholic school. Mm -hmm. And so my mom did what she could, but when it came to college, there was no preparation. And so I had to take out student loans. Mm -hmm. I worked two jobs. I've been working since I was 14. And I had to figure out a way, you know, to make it happen like so many other people. So I just feel like if we could prepare and we could educate people, like tomorrow is 529, is National College Savings um, Day tomorrow, okay. and I'll be speaking about 529 plans and Coverdale accounts, and are we preparing for that, ne- that next generation, setting them up for success? Mm. You know, I plead to not have my daughters go through some of the things that I had to experience financially, and it's mean setting them up and prioritizing, being organized with my finances, being smart, making wise decisions, investing, not being afraid to invest. Um, And so um, I just feel like it's a plethora of information out there. It's just how do we get people to have the knowledge? Mm -hmm. How do we get them to trust? Because that's a big part. You know, we don't trust. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I always say to my financial advisors is try not to talk with jargon. People people oftentimes are afraid to learn about investing in stocks and bonds and things of that sort because oftentimes the person explaining it, you need to be able to explain it to where I understand it. Mm. Right. Because if I understand it and I can grasp it, then I feel safe. I'm in my comfort zone. Right. Um, so I hope that answers your question. No, Definitely. <laughs>
0: definitely. Um, and so so when I think about you, uh, Shakira. Um, and aesthetically, and, and um, you know, one of the things that the young lady saw you know, they didn't see the car, but they saw, you know, the bag, the shoes. Um, and, and I mean, and, 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 and but the, they didn't, uh, I don't think they fully understand, you know, that you prepared and you could afford it. You know what I mean? You had other investments, right? Um, I think the other part is, is like, I would see a, a young lady, right? Let's just say she's, uh, you, you guys are in the same age bracket. Uh, she would have on the same thing as you, but she doesn't have the information that you have, right? How mm-hmm. would you educate this young lady about not just the aesthetics, but mm-hmm. how to get to the space where, because you're a single mom also, to take care of taking care of your daughters, um, having investment properties, and having the, uh, the confidence you know what i mean financially to do to, to do both you know what i mean because if they can afford mm-hmm. if they can afford this they might can also make those same financial decisions to get the the investment to have that same type of mentality that you have how would you you know
1: yeah so so let me just back up on any and it's a great question and i, I love it um I went to college, I went to Keene, and mm-hmm. when I remember freshman year, um, walking on campus, and it was a, a, a lady and a guy out there with a table from Discover. Uh-huh. And they called me over and they were like, you know, can we interest you in a Discover card? And I was like, okay. Uh-huh. And um, I, I got the credit card, they gave me a $500 credit limit. Uh-huh. Well, boy, did I Discover. <laughs> <laughs> Cover everything I shouldn't have been doing so I went straight to the Gucci store and I got a Gucci bag I didn't even have enough limit to cover the bag right wow. so I had to add $300 to the bag because again my limit was 500 I think the bag was like eight
2: mm-hmm. and forget
1: about it you add the taxes in and um, you know I didn't understand credit I didn't know I was like in the, so I get a bill and I go to my mom and I'm like mom what is this and then she's like did you get a credit card Da-da-da-da. And I was like, I got to pay that back as that's how ignorant I was uh-huh. being a freshman in college about credit. Uh-huh. And so one of the things that I, I, I learned from that experience is, you know, I don't want to be the girl with the with the $1,000 to $5,000 bag without $5,000 in it, uh-huh. you know? And so it, where I do like nice things, uh-huh. but I'm very smart about what I purchase how I purchase it and when I purchase it. Uh Right. So it's nice to treat yourself to things, but at what expense, if you can afford it, you do it. Right. And Mm -hmm. so one of the things I started to do was like, okay, if I want that bag, I need to find a way to generate some extra income Uh so that I'm not in my, you know, monthly um, paycheck Uh to pay for that bag. And Uh so instead of getting Of paying five thousand dollars for a bag, I could take that five thousand dollars and put that as part of my down payment on a house, Mm -hmm. and now that house is going to generate twelve, thirteen hundred dollars of income Mm -hmm. for me a month. And I started to do that, and then I got my first property, and then I got my second, and now I'm on my fifth, and now I'm actually looking at something in Italy right now. Um, But I just, you know, so now that money coming in, it's not coming out of my monthly income it's coming from extra income that i've been able to generate uh-huh. you know when i get bonuses i might treat myself you know to a bag but then the rest of it is going in savings it's going in investing uh-huh. um so i just think that we have to prioritize and i had to shift my mindset so you know my uh growing up my 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 mom always said to me when you leave this house you better look your best you represent me uh-huh. don't you be embarrassing the family Uh And so many of us have been taught that. Right. And so I, for some reason, you know, I equated how I looked with success Uh and not embarrassing my family, Uh because that's what my mother inadvertently was teaching me, Uh you know, my grandmother. You know, God bless her soul. She She's told my mom and my aunt, don't ever move out the projects. As long as you live in a project, you'll always have a roof over your head, no matter what you're going through, whatever man you're dating, whatever happens with your job. Um, because, you know, obviously when you live in a project, they go by your income, mm. right? So she couldn't fathom her granddaughter owning multiple properties. She couldn't fathom my mom being a homeowner but that she was living her truth she was living what her experience was and so we have to sometimes unteach ourselves bad behaviors Mm -hmm. and unfortunately we've been taught a lot of bad um behaviors um, about finances and a lot of us it's not even about what you make it's what you keep
2: Mm.
1: and that's the thing like i have a client only makes about Mm $50,000, but last year I helped her save $15,000, you know, so, you know, it's a lot of rich people that aren't wealthy because Mm -hmm. they don't know how to manage their money. You know, you could make a million dollars, but if you spend a million dollars, you're not wealthy. So it's it's deprogramming some of those learned behaviors and, and learning things that was not inherited and was not taught to us. Mm. Uh, such as credit, how do you leverage your credit to be a part of your saving strategy?
2: Mm.
1: You know, so I talk and I try to educate people, you know the importance of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I don't know. I would say to that girl with the bag, you know it's it's okay to look cute. we all want to look fly, we all want to do it up. you know, I'm all about a beautiful Chanel bag, but guess what? Chanel is very six feet under, and her great 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 grandkids are eating. Mm you know, when she died in Paris, she died in a five-star hotel. Google it. Mm. You know, um, she built her legacy. Mm -hmm. And so just make sure when you're buying those bags that you're also being smart. And also, I see my bags as an investment. You know, I have two girls. So, you know, I'm not buying a a bright orange Chanel bag, but Mm. I will get a nice black classic, Mm. which actually appreciates over time. And I can pass those bags down to my daughter.
3: So it's all about the knowledge and how do you apply it? So wearing the Black Men Are Dope and Black Women Are Dope shirts has been pretty amazing. Like I would walk around and people would look at my shirt and there are some people who looked very uncomfortable, but then there were people who were nodding in agreement and that just boosted up this sense of pride that I have of being a strong black woman as well as being having having strong black men in my life and I just want to share that message with the world and a lot of the times we think that we can only share that message from verbally you know talking about our black our black men and black women being so dope but you know what I can share that message without even opening my mouth and saying the word, I just put the shirt on and walk around and let the and I let the fashion speak for itself.
0: Go to www.mrilehardy.com forward slash shop and put in the promo code Chicken and Waffles. I am mean, the same way with sneakers. <laughs> you know, you get the right sneaker, they they it does appreciate. You know, you can resell and and and, and the crazy thing is is like with with kicks you know we have uh you could is re- a seller's market right so you have like stockx um where you could just put your your sneakers online and you and you you buy it for a certain price and then you could see the valuation of 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 your of your uh, your investment <laughs> you know what i mean so it's it's definitely it's definitely you know how you see it you know and understanding the market too you know um mm-hmm. You, you 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 was uh talking about the was it the 5 Cs or the 4 Cs?
1: The 5 Cs to credit. Yes, the 5 mm-hmm. Cs
0: to credit. I think uh this is a good time. Can you can you explain that uh a little bit for us?
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. So, I always like to say cuz some people get frustrated with credit, you know, mm-hmm. or they want to know how do I increase my credit score or how do I maintain a decent score. What does, how does credit impact me? And so, um, I, I always educate about the five C's, the credit. So when you can understand it from a lender's perspective, mm-hmm. then you understand how that person is thinking or, and oftentimes how the computer is, is set up to think. Cause a lot of times when you apply for an application, a lot of it is, is desktop underwriting. So it's going into a machine. someone has programmed to look for certain things. Mm. So the first C is your character, right? Um, What's your character? Um, And your character is everything that's on that first page on your credit report, Mm -hmm. where it gives your name, name changes, Mm -hmm. history, where uh, your address, where do you live, where do you work? We are looking to see, is this a person that has stability? Are they jumping from job to job to job? Has their address changed? And, and, and in some situations, maybe you just purchased the home. So you're going to have two different addresses that pop up on your credit report. Mm-hmm. And that's justifiable. But that bank, that lender, it wants to know what kind of character does this person have? Mm-hmm. Do you pay your bills on time? Do you just pay the minimum balance? Or do you pay a larger amount? I want to know what's the character. That's just like if you give me $1,000, right? Mm-hmm. And if I don't lend it, it back to you, Al probably won't lend me another $1,000 if I come back, mm-hmm. right? Or if I saw you not pay Peter back, why would I want to lend you money? Mm-hmm. So that's what they're looking for in judge of your character. The next C is what I call um, uh, uh, condi- conditions. We can go to conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? Let me, go, let me come back to conditions. Um so let's go to collateral. So collateral is are we putting down anything? Is it going to be a secured loan or is it an unsecured loan, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So meaning like are you securing it? Are you backing whatever you're asking me to lend you? Is there something tangible that I could take if you don't make good on this loan? Mm-hmm. Right? Is mm-hmm. there something tangible that I could take if it, if if you don't make good on this loan? Mm-hmm. And that could be anything from your car. It could be anything from a boat, your home, Mm -hmm. right? If you take out a home equity line of credit, they're looking to see, you know, um, uh, hey, is this, you're putting, basically, it's a lien on your house. So if you don't make good on this property, I can go in and I can take that house, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So um, the... Yeah. So the other thing is, is looking at your debt to income ratio. They, they want to know um, characterization. What's your debt to income ratio? So you shouldn't be paying out more than thirty percent of um, your income. So if you have a credit card with a thousand dollars, right? Yes. You should not let that card exceed over thirty percent of it. Hmm. So that means not carrying a balance. You could charge up seven, eight hundred dollars, but then pay it off. And if you have to maintain the balance not going over that 30%. So when we calculate your debt to income ratio we see that that borrow is not at 42% or higher of what their income is. So let me break it down. If I make $50,000 a month,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? And let's say I have a car note, Hmm. I have student loans, they're going to take that car note, they're going to take that payment on that student loan. Mm-hmm. If I have credit cards, they're going to take 2% of your credit card balance. Mm-hmm. If I have any alimony, child support or separate maintenance, they're going to take um that whatever that payment is. They're going mm-hmm. to add all of that up mm-hmm. and divide it by your mon- by your income, okay. by your monthly income. Okay. okay? And if that number exceeds 42%, you're considered a high risk borrower. We want to see that not 42% of your income is being allocated out. Otherwise, you may not qualify. You may not be able to sustain this loan, right? Uh-huh. Um, the next one is capital. What kind of capital are you putting down? Are you putting down 3%, 5%, 10%, 20%? You know, right now, um, since COVID happened, you know, banks have tightened up their lending guidelines, mm-hmm. you know, and some banks are, are requiring, you know, 22% for new purchases. Mm-hmm. Um, depending upon what program, if you're going with a conventional program, FHA, you still can put down at three and a half percent. I know, you know, some banks have up their minimum FICO score that they're looking for because now what happens is everyone lost their job overnight. Mm-hmm. So typically we ask for what, 30 to 45 days of pay stubs. How can we, if we ask you, you might have lost your job tomorrow, right? But you still can provide me 30 to 45 days of, of, of pass-through um, pay stubs. Mm-hmm. So how do we know if someone just lost their job or not? So banks have to be conservative with what type of capital they're lending out. Um, so you, again, you want to make sure, um, like, what, what's the capital? The more you put down, if, a, if I'm a, a lender and you want to purchase a home and I have your 20%, the bank is taking your 20% putting it in reserve. So if you don't make good on that mortgage, now I've got 20% in the bank that I can make those payments when it's in foreclosure. Mm. Um, and then the last one is, is what do we talk about? We talk about condition. Oh, conditions. There we go. Mm-hmm. And I saved this one for last for a reason. What are the conditions of the loan? Are you, um, are we requiring you to have a co-bar? Maybe you've been banking with us. And since you've been in high school, right? You've got your checking with us. You've got your savings relationship. You've got a credit card that you've had from high school or from college. Um, Maybe no investments, but maybe you have um, a mortgage with us, right? Mm -hmm. And so we are going to look at that relationship and you might have like a 620 FICO score Mm -hmm. or maybe a little slightly less, maybe 610. We might say, you know what? We like this person. They've been banking with us for years. The FICO isn't quite what we want. I'm going to require this person to have a co-signer. So those are the conditions of the loan. What's the interest rate? Mm. So when you can understand the five C's to credit, then you can kind of know, okay, understand it from the lender's perspective and kind of work towards fixing your FICO up. Oh,
0: wow. So what is a good credit score, a decent credit score for somebody to borrow at a decent interest rate or a low interest rate?
1: I would say anything 720 and higher, you're gonna get, you know, good pricing. Mm -hmm. Not to say that we won't lend to to someone who has less than 720, but your question was a really a decent interest rate, you're looking at that 720 borrower or higher. Okay. Um now to get a mortgage, you have to be at a minimum for any program, especially FHA, um, at a 620. Okay. So there are programs out there to you know, that you could qualify for, but you're not going to probably get that best conventional loan price. So let me ask you without... this.
0: Because we talked about community, we talked about credit, right? So let's put that together. How is our mm-hmm. relation, how is the, the, the Black community's relationship with the banking system in, in general, right? Because, you know, we've heard of, you know, different type of practices as it pertains to, uh, how we've been treated, right? Not getting certain type of loans. Is that due to uh miseducation or a mixture of that and prejudices or, or, or things of that nature? How is our relationship, you know?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I would be, you know, amiss to just get on here and act like, you know, there hasn't been situations where discrimination has taken place um, in the lending industry, right? Mm-hmm. We all know have examples of major corporations where it's happened. Right. Uh, but I will speak on maybe the most recent, um, was the PPP loan, for example, Uh the payroll protection loan. Right. So protection plan. So I think, um, what people don't understand is that is a loan. Mm -hmm. And if you satisfy the conditions, it becomes a grant. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. So even though we're not asking you for, fi- you know, financial statements and all of that, you just had to show other credentials. It, the bank is still underwriting a loan for you. Uh-huh. And the government is saying, if you satisfy, so the first wave, and when it first came out, the stimulus, it was, if you employ, you know, use 80% of the amount To towards your payroll expenses or operating expenses, administrative uh, fees, then it, it could become a grant. They recently changed it and now it's 75%. So I think what people had to understand is even though it was money that was coming from the federal government, there's still a little bit of underwriting that takes place because if you don't satisfy the conditions, it's a loan and you have to pay it back now it's a loan at a very, very good interest rate. Okay, I think it was like less than 2%. And in some cases, some people get it for like a half a percent or 1%, just depends. But the rate is slow. Like you can't get capital that cheap, you know? So it's still a great way, whether you use it and satisfy the conditions or not. And if you could use the money, I mean, it's cheap late, it's cheap money that you're buying. Hmm. So I think what people had to understand is the bank still was looking from some aspect. Let's look at who are the people who bank with us, who have a relationship with us. Mm -hmm. And I want to make it very clear on what a relationship is. Like, just because, and the best analogy I could use is you date just -hmm. because you go out with a guy or girl once or twice. It Mm -hmm. doesn't mean I'm in a relationship with you, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It means I went out of date with you. I know you, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I don't know you know you. I don't, I'm not like involved with you. Mm -hmm. So think about that from your banking relationship. Mm -hmm. Just because you have a checking account somewhere Mm -hmm. doesn't mean you have a relationship. Mm -hmm. You may do a withdrawal or deposit here and there, that doesn't mean that you have a relationship. So look at a relationship means, um, one, uh, an extensive amount of time where you know that person and that that bank knows you and you know your bank. You have multiple products with that that bank, that Mm -hmm. financial institution. So let me give you an example, a checking, um, a savings, a credit, a mortgage, your investments, maybe your merchant services, Mm -hmm. if you are a business owner, your business relationship, not just your consumer relationship, but also your business relationship. Mm -hmm. That's a relationship, Mm -hmm. right? I know, I could see your direct deposits that are going in and out. You use our online banking and bill pay. I know what bills you have. I know how well you pay your bills. That is a relationship. And so many people misconstrue that and say, oh, that's my bank. That's my bank. No, you have an account. But Mm -hmm. do you have a relationship? Also, do you have a banker? You know, um, do do you have, everyone should have a personal banker that they can go to, uh, meaning have access to their phone numbers, their emails. Do you have a financial advisor? Every bank allows um, you to have a, a free consultation with a financial advisor mm. and, and this person should, should know you. They should be sitting down and doing a needs-based analysis, mm-hmm. which is where they are asking you questions. They're asking you, you know, Al, tell me, you know, at what age do you want to retire?
2: Mm.
1: You could say 50. My job is to help you make your money work for you. So when you turn 50, you're ready to retire. Mm. You could say 67. Uh You know, they're asking you, you know, you, you work now. And as a teacher, are you looking to transition into um, entrepreneurship? Uh What's your exit strategy? What's your succession strategy? Uh Um, What's your risk tolerance? Uh You know, you have $200,000. Do you need access to this money anytime soon within the next year or two years? Uh Is this all the money you have? Because if it's all the money you have, Why would I want to take your whole $200,000 and just throw it into stocks, which potentially could have risks? Maybe I'm going to have a conversation with you around diversifying your portfolio, keeping $100,000 liquid or $50,000 liquid, and let's do some investing. Mm -hmm. And when we invest, let's do some high risk. Let's do some kind of conservative. These are the kind of conversations that, to give you an example of what your advisors should be asking you, and it shouldn't be you only hearing from that person when you reach out to them. Mm-hmm. they should be proactively also reaching out to you. Mm-hmm. You know, let me give you an example. Um, uh, my guy, Tim, I love Tim. Tim is mm-hmm. my guy at BMW and Ramsey. Mm-hmm. I have purchased three BMWs with Tim. Mm-hmm. You know why? And I drive all the way to Ramsey and I'm in Edison. And mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a BMW dealership right here on one and nine, which I hate mm-hmm. because their service is poor. Tim calls me on my birthday. Mm-hmm. Tim calls me every year on my anniversary when I get my car. Mm -hmm. Tim calls me when my lease is due. Mm -hmm. Tim calls me on my daughter's birthday. That's a relationship. Mm -hmm. He he picked up the phone and called me when COVID happened and said, Shakira, how are you? Mm -hmm. How's the banking industry? Mm -hmm. You know, do you need Mm -hmm. anything? If you need to have your car serviced, I can send my guy to you. He'll take your car out your driveway, bring it. We'll we'll do the oil you change and we'll bring it back to you. Mm That's a relationship. Mm-hmm. He knows me. He knows that I only buy white cars. So when my lease is due and I pull up in Ramsey, I got five different white BMWs sitting in the lot with a glass of champagne. Because Tim knows, don't bring me no black car. Don't bring me no brown car. I only buy white vehicles. That's my preference. I love white cars. It's mm-hmm. sexy to me. Mm-hmm. So he knows me. That's yeah. a relationship.
2: That's
1: Makes good. sense? That's
0: good. That's that's, that's awesome. <laughs> and, and, and so so... Now I'm gonna take you behind the veil on some some talk that guys have right um, that I have oh, with some, some <laughs> with some guys right. So you know we have conversations and you and, and I and I appreciate you wearing the Black woman, a Dope shirt right. And I think <laughs> one of the things that we like the there's been conversations on why some black men uh, date outside of their race. Um, and the, the, and, and one of the biggest reasons, right. Uh, I call it the customer service, uh, piece, um, is because black women has, I say they have the best product. When I say product, you know, they are who they are strong, beautiful, but (laughs) everything that you just outlined as it pertains to within the, 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 the home uh, or even with each other. Um, and I would also, I would I would say that we both don't, this is what this podcast is about, on how to have the best customer service experience with each other. You know what I mean? Now, <laughs> now I'm not just saying in the home for black men and black women. I'm just saying in general, because and, and, we talked about that trust. But in this case, when we're talking about relationships, um, our customer service hasn't been the best, you know, and that's why I created the shirts, you know, uh, the black men and black women are dope because now those are terms that we could uplift each other with as it pertains, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as it pertains to, to that. Right. When we, when we look at, uh, a one, like a lot of black women are killing it. They're doing their thing, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, from a business perspective. They're doing their thing from an education perspective. You know, mm-hmm. now there's a guy, he might not have, you know, the the same credentials, but he has everything, uh-huh. he has everything else. He has the spirituality, the emotional. Uh he's he's working on the career. Sometimes when that person who has every that woman? Who has everything, and this guy who uh, he's not there yet. You know what I mean. She might have matured faster, um, mm-hmm. fi- and especially financially. Sometimes those conversations and those uh, and that relationship could get turmoil. How can us as men start building financially so that? if we have everything in place on the spiritual, emotional, you know what I mean? Even we're working out and everything like that. What is it that we could do to help the the financial area? Because that's, I, I hear that a lot. You know what I mean? If he's not making the same amount as me, you know, we might not com- com- com match, you know? Right.
1: <laughs> so... I, I'm laughing because I feel like, um, you, you knew my marriage <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I feel like that's exactly what happened in my previous marriage. And so, um, so here's what I'll say to that.
0: Um, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Shakira real quick. So all of because, because, because you were a waitress, you went from a tailor and, and, and you, you do things in the community, but. Was there communication issues like you know when it when it came to how you guys talk and everything like that?
1: No, no, no. So I felt we're talking about that experience that I had. Uh huh. Um, I I felt like things were okay Uh when I was the teller. Things were okay when I was the banker. Okay. Things were shifting when i became the branch manager because now i'm in a different tax bracket uh, right
2: yeah
1: I get very good money as a as a branch manager the moment i got to that next level
2: mm-hmm. and
1: now i'm in seven figures mm-hmm. um I feel like the dynamics of the relationship change. Mm-hmm. Um, and not on my part, because for me, it was always for the family. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be where I was if he not supported me. Mm-hmm. Um, bonuses went into the joint account, not my personal. Mm-hmm. So everything was always about the family. But so here's the thing to that. You got to have all those other things that you just talked about spiritually. Because mm-hmm. what sometimes people fail to realize is God may be blessing the household through the woman, and then it may be times where He blesses the household through the male,
2: uh-huh.
1: right? But who cares? Because as long as He's blessing you, He's blessing everybody that's connected to you. Uh-huh. You understand? Uh-huh. And and his is in a completely different field than I am. That isn't as lucrative as banking, but you know, um, but he still contributed. It wasn't like he had Burger King. You know, he still had a decent salary uh-huh. and his benefits was way better than mine because I work for the private sector. So we're talking about I pay $600 a month for my health care and that's just for me. My kids are on his insurance, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that, but what shifted is so you got to make sure that ego and that pride is not there. And oftentimes Mm -hmm. men have egos and have pride because men want to be men. Men were taught that they needed to be a provider and that was being a man, Mm -hmm. but that it has shifted. So um, we are a team and I, I, I've always operated with whoever I date. I don't date a man for what he has, you know, um, here's my philosophy. You don't got to match me dollar for dollar uh-huh. to match my hustle. Uh-huh. You can match my hustle. Be good. You don't got to match me dollar for dollar, uh-huh. right? Cause you, cause nine times out of ten, you're just, you're just not, you know, a whole different game. I'm in a whole different field, you uh-huh. know, unfortunately, because I feel like teachers, firefighters, you know, I feel like, you know, cop, those are important jobs and they should make the kind of money that we make in banking, but the reality is it's just not that way. Uh-huh. You know, so I never judge a person. I want I want to judge him by how does he treat me? And I've dated guys with money and they're the biggest assholes to be honest with you. Uh-huh. They're cocky as shit. They feel like they don't need to treat you a certain way because they have options because they have money. And not all, but these are just the ones that I've encountered. Uh-huh. And so that blue collar guy as long as he could hold his own, you know, because one thing I've learned in life is those tables always turn so I could be the breadwinner today and you never know, you could be the breadwinner tomorrow. So it's Mm -hmm. not about that, we're always equal and everybody has to know how to play their role. Mm -hmm. Everybody has to know how to play their role,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: you know? And and I think that's where sometimes we get it twisted and why people always say, keep God in your relationship because you, you need to be able to pray when you're feeling jealous about your partner, you need to mm-hmm. be able to pray. I felt like I was excelling in my career, and you know, now that became a little intimidating. I'm going to galas. I'm going to, you know, these fancy parties at mansions, you know. And he was never into those things, so I would try to bring him into my world and say, "Hey, come with me. We're, throw your tux on. Let's go to this gala together. Let's shut it down." But it wasn't his thing, you know. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. I can't make him. Something that he wasn't, mm-hmm. but I think he became intimidated, and you know. But you know, I'm not here to you know bash him. He's an amazing person, amazing dad to my girls, mm-hmm. and we. Oh, you, know, you said I'm a single parent. I, I'm, I'm a single woman, but I'm not a single parent. Mm-hmm. He takes great care of my That's girls, good. and we are um, doing a phenomenal job raising um, my daughters. But I think that um, things are shifting. Women have to be open. And I think there is sometimes this, this conception, you know, always judge a woman for men, my advice to men, if you don't see her doing it for herself, don't do it for her or maybe, or she can't hold you to the standard to do it. So if she ain't at the Chanel counter on her own, she can't be putting no expectations or weight on you to be going to get her a Chanel pack. Mm-hmm. It, that's just not how this, you know? Uh, and I think we place too much value on materialistic things. Mm-hmm. You know, can you stimulate my mind? Like my mental health is important. I'm Mm -hmm. facing corporate America, you know, as a black woman where it's first, you know, I'm discriminated on through sexism and -hmm. then it's racism. Sexism Mm -hmm. is always first because they can't stand me because I'm a woman. Mm -hmm. First, I need to know my place as a woman. And then second, because I'm black. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when I come home and I'm making decisions all day, you know, I don't want to make a decision on what are we eating for dinner. I need you to know that I like seafood, so seafood should be ordered.
0: Or oh, I need wait, you to wait, 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 just wait, wait, think wait Shakira. Something. Shakira, so, <laughs> so you snap the finger, it has to be like come come on now. We 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 like <laughs> see that's that's you that's ask the question. Be honest. No, nah, I understand, but
1: that's that's seafood should be ordered. Like you know, I just don't. I don't have the time or energy. I'm exhausted by the time I get home. I just want you to be proactive and know what I like. That's all, <laughs> and I think most women are like that. Yes, me too. I,
2: I, but it's not just that.
1: Women need to do things for men. My guy, he gets his haircut. You know what I do? I got the. I went with him one time. I got the business card of the barber. Uh-huh. I called the guy and I like, "Hey, Ace, coming to get his haircut. I want to take care of that." So he went in and got his haircut, and then he went to pay, and the barber was like, "Nah, your girl took care of it." He was like, what? So it's little things that sometimes, you know, make a person feel good. And that goes back to the whole relationship part, right? Mm -hmm. Relationships are not just personal, but it's also business relationships. Mm -hmm. I have 42 people that are coming back from leave Mm -hmm. next week that were out on COVID. You know what? I'm spending my time after I hang up with you. Mm -hmm. I'm writing them handwritten cards so that tomorrow my assistant could deliver them so when they come in monday they're going to have a handwritten card from me as a director mm. like how dope is that like i'm making them feel special yeah. i called each and every one of them personally last week to let them know what we were doing mm. that's a relationship a relationship is how you make other people feel
0: that's good so and i so
1: always when people interact with me they have a good experience
0: so let's let's talk about that right leadership um like I said, we, I was at you know at one of your branches, we had a meeting. Um, and you just talked about you also talked about earlier about you having to uh, fire, you know what I mean, some people. Those type of decisions um, were, they, were, there, were those moments tough for you to make? Um, and what is it like, you know, reestablishing, rebuilding a team?
1: So, I mean, yeah, it comes with the territory as a leader, you know, and it's termination. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But I always say, you know, in most cases, I don't terminate anyone. You terminate yourself by Mm -hmm. the decisions that you make. Mm -hmm. Whether it's lack of doing something, lack of follow-up, lack of the ability to deliver, or lack of the ability to follow the rules, Mm -hmm. you know. And oftentimes, sometimes terminations come on my desk that... I have no control over, you know, if you do something unethical, you know, that's just a non-negotiable. And, you know, that coming in when you sign, you know, the code of conduct. So I think, um, you know, what I have had to learn over the years with leadership is being okay with not everybody liking some of the decisions that you have to make. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't be a successful leader and be a people pleaser. Mm. It's going to be some people that like some decisions that I make, and there's going to be some that aren't on board. And that's OK. As long as I'm staying focused on the mission and purpose and staying true to what I know is right and correct. And sometimes, um, you know, not every like everyone would love to work from home. Mm-hmm. The reality is we're bad. we got to go into the office and interact with clients. Mm. So that's not a decision that I get to make, mm-hmm. you know, like. You know, So does that make me a good leader because I didn't take everybody and have them work from home and close all all my branches? No, we need to be there for the community. We are essential. People essentially need their money to buy groceries and go to the pharmacy. So the bank has to be open. So it's just sometimes you got to understand that you're not going to win everybody over. Mm -hmm. What I can do, sure, that I set you up for success. Now, if I don't do that, then I failed you. Mm-hmm. And I and I will never fail my people in that way. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by setting you up for success, you know, if you tell me there's a position you're interested in, mm-hmm. I'm going to give you all the tools and resources and build you up to get you there. Mm-hmm. Now, and if you don't want to put in the work, that's on you. That's not on me. Mm-hmm. I gave you the platform. Um, I provided opportunities for you. But if you don't deliver. And that changes the dynamic. The moment I'm giving 51% and you're giving 49, the relationship is uneven. Mm. And that's how I always keep it. I'm going to give you my 50. I need you to give me your 50. Mm. And I need you to hold me accountable just as well as I hold you accountable. My team holds me accountable. Yeah. And I hold them accountable. That's That's how this goes. Relationship is in one way. So when I drop the ball or if I drop the ball, I'm apologetic. Mm You know what? Sorry, guys. I when I when I'm, if I'm running late from a conference call, from another call, being late. The first thing I do. Thank you so much for waiting. I apologize. Mm-hmm. You deserve better than that. I make sure I'm never late on the call again.
2: Yeah. You know.
1: I, so I show them that gratitude. I show them that 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 I care. Mm. You know, and I think leadership is so different now. Like you know, we're leading different generations. So you have the gen, the millennials, the Gen Ys, the Gen Zs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I still have, I have some baby boomers. So mm-hmm. I've had to learn to be flexible with my leadership style. Mm-hmm. How I might interact with my baby boomer may not be how I would interact maybe with my Gen Z. Mm-hmm. You know, I try different strategies of so that I could relate to that person mm-hmm. and that I'm connecting with them on whatever level I need to be on.
0: Oh, that's all. Uh, real quick, real quick, because I know you have to go. What What are some things that you you because when my mom hears this, she's gonna love this. <laughs> what are some strategies that you have for each generation? Like so, when you talking to because you're, you're Gen X, right?
1: Excuse me. You better check it again. <laughs> <laughs> I am a millennial. How could you not think I'm not a millennial? I'm not that old.
0: <laughs> no, okay. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
1: Uh, now of uh, Gen Y and millennial. <laughs>
0: okay, okay, okay. I, I apologize. I didn't. I thought you. I, I, mean, I, I thought you was around no. the same age as me. That's why.
1: Yeah. uh No. I think you're a little older than me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um.
1: So. Um. Okay, so how do I connect with them differently is the question? Yes. Okay, so for example, um, I have a few baby boomers in my air, in my market who I love and adore. And honestly, I need them. They add so much value because mm-hmm. they've been with Frank for like 30 years, 20 years. One, they also know every single person, mm-hmm. plus people trust them, right? So for example, when I went to um, that Elizabeth location where I told you about Um, I quickly picked up on this one employee that knew everyone in the community, and Mm -hmm. I would have her, when clients would come in, introduce me. So if she was endorsing me, I knew that I would get their buy-in and that they would know that they could trust me, too.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, I watch how uh, most some baby boomers sometimes struggle with technology. Mm -hmm. So whenever we're rolling rolling out a new system, I make sure to take extra time to train them. Um, Or you know, I do a lot of uh, follow-up and inspection. Did you get that? Do you understand? I make sure to create a safe environment so if they don't understand something, I could give it to them again because I need you to pick up on this because then it may impact our business line, Mm -hmm. right? Um, uh, Just saying, um, instead of coming to them when I have a new idea, I might say, hmm, I want your opinion on this Mm -hmm. or... I want to run this by you, so now I'm empowering you to think. Even though I'm the decision maker, and at the end of the day, is what I say. Mm-hmm. But by me saying, "What do you? What are your thoughts around this? Or what would you do in this situation?" I'm empowering them to to, to, to share with me their thoughts and how they feel. Mm-hmm. And it just it's just a different way to approach them. Not mm-hmm. saying that I don't give that same respect to a younger person, but I think as an elder, and I have some people that I call Miss So mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and So or Mister So and So, and and they are. You know, like two, three people under me. But it doesn't matter. I'm still gonna show you that respect. I'm mm-hmm. still gonna show you that I value you, that I appreciate you. Understanding what motivates people. Some people want recognition um, publicly,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, some baby boomers don't want it publicly. They want you to do it just on a one on one basis mm-hmm. or conservative. So, understanding what that person's preference is. Mm-hmm. Where my millennials, they love technology. So, mm-hmm. you know, I might send them their schedules or have my manager send them the schedule through a text message, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Or have them, um, they pick up on technology very quickly. So Mm -hmm. I will pair them, the baby boomer. So now I'm leveraging diversity and inclusion, Mm. right? Because diversity is not just about color. Diversity is different backgrounds, Mm -hmm. right? Different strengths. How am I leveraging your strengths versus your opportunity? So I might pair... That younger person with that baby boomer mm-hmm. and have them work collaboratively, right? Um, so those are just some different ways that I might switch up my communication style or my way of communicating, um, to just make sure that I'm pleasing everybody and I'm meeting everybody where I know they are.
0: That's awesome, that's awesome. All right, so look, I know you have to go. I look, I, I, you know, I, I appreciate I'm good.
1: you, I'm good. huh? I got a few, I got a few minutes.
0: No. Uh, well, I mean, I'm I'm basically done with my questions, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> we,
2: I mean, we can always
0: great. talk. We can always talk more relationship talk, but you know, we, I don't want to get, you know, <laughs> I don't want to put all your business out there.
1: <laughs> oh, and and so you know, the biggest question that I get, actually, that I'm uh-huh. surprised you didn't ask me, uh-huh. was like. What suggestions do you have with relationships and finances? Is it okay to cohabitate? I get that a lot of people ask me about that question. So, oh, and okay, I- so
0: so mm-hmm. so, so l- l- let's go there real quick, right? So I've, I've I heard um I heard somebody gave they said that you should have if you're going to be with somebody you should have uh oh if you're married let's just say that right you should have a joint account uh a, a a spending account a personal account and then you have your investments right so and your joint account is for you know your for you and your your partner your uh spending account is the one that you you use for your expenses and everything like that and then uh then you have your own account for that Chanel bag that you like <laughs> that you was talking about um, so, is, is, I mean, is there a strategy for, you know, for uh, for cohabitating or for married or, you know what I mean? Or sh- even people, they used to say shacking up.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. I, I highly recommend it, okay. um, especially being one that experienced a divorce. I highly recommend doing a prenup. Hmm. And it's nothing w- wrong with a prenup. Um, and I know we sometimes think of that being on a really extremely wealthy folks do it or, you know, um, rich folks. I disagree. I think everyone um, um, who is depending on uh, starting to cohabitat with someone should do a prenup. And all the prenup is, is you're saying in advance, if this doesn't work out, this mm-hmm. is how we're going to out these resources. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with being proactive in planning. Mm-hmm. And I wish that I had did that. Because, you know, I had a lot of money on the table for alimony exposure. And thank God I was able to negotiate that and work that out. But um, yes, to answer your question, I think that's an amazing strategy that you just recommended. Having a joint account, having your separate checking account. And that joint account should operate if you guys are splitting household expenses, You know, everything should come out of that joint account with the household expenses. I love your idea of having like an emergency account or like a savings. You know, maybe that couple is saving for a wedding. Maybe Mm -hmm. they're saving to plan for a baby Mm -hmm. or maybe they're saving for a house. So having that separate account from the operational household account. And then, yes, having your separate, you know, who wants to always feel like they got to run to another person if you want to buy a shirt or you need, you know, a new suit for work. So, you know, you want to have your personal account where those expenses may come out of. And then, and you know, a custodial accounts for the kids. Mm. I'm intentional about everything that I do. I have a travel account because I love to travel. Mm-hmm. So I have money that goes automatically into my travel account, every paycheck. I pay Shakira, I pay my travel account, my savings account, my kids, you know, 529 and Coverdale accounts. So, I mean, you have to be intentional about the life you want to create. You know, and I think that's one of the biggest thing I love to share with the community is that, you know, you only get one time to do this thing called life. Mm. Enjoy it. Whatever it is you like to do, enjoy it. But you can't negate that it needs to be connected to your finances.
0: So, so that, that, so how does one, so if they don't have, they don't make a certain amount of money. And it's like you said, the Robin Peter to P Paul. How does one budget for that? You know what I mean. Like because in the person's eyes, all they see is the bills. You know what I mean. <laughs> or then you have that person who they might have a certain amount of kids. They might get a, you know that income tax check, and then they use that for whatever you know what I mean. Uh, Ever e- expenditure that they might want to do. You know, how does one kind of plan and budget for, for, for having uh, a good time? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. So sitting down and like you said, creating a budget and looking at every single bottom line, what am I bringing in and what am I, what are my liabilities? Mm. What are my expense expenses every single month? And then looking to see what ways can I cut costs? So let me give you an example.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think I shared with you that I this is something that um, people love when I talk about this. Mm-hmm. I leverage my credit card. Mm-hmm. So I'll pay all my bills for the month on my credit card to earn points. And then I'll pay the whole credit card off before the 28th day of the month so that mm-hmm. I don't incur any interest on that card. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'll use my points to redeem it for gift cards. Mm. And then that gift card I'll use to pay purchase my gas for the month.
0: Wow.
1: So now I'm offsetting, if I was paying 100, $125 a month in gas, mm-hmm. now I'm offsetting that $125. Now you got $125 to save. Mm. That's good. If I'm cable mm-hmm. and do I have the best bundle package? Maybe I'm paying $100. How do I get that cable bill down to 50? That's how you do it. And you have to find ways to create money mm-hmm. at looking at what are your expenses. I didn't know for years I was overpaying on my auto loan because mm-hmm. I didn't have my auto and my home insurance bundled as a package. Once I did that, that was an extra $200 of savings right there. Mm. You know, many of us are saving right now in COVID. COVID was a blessing to a lot of people financially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that $1,200 I was paying out in child care for my nanny and then for aftercare. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, I've been able to put that $1,200 away. Uh, I've used a little bit because I had my deck done, but <laughs>
2: <Okay>. <laughs>
1: since we won't be traveling, <laughs> I had a backyard done but you know that those are expenses we've all are saving so much money by just not eating out
0: yeah
1: think about it how much money do you spend eating out so it's no excuse you have something that you could put aside even if it's just twenty five dollars fifty dollars yeah it's something that you can keep. yeah for a rainy day
0: oh no, you're right you're right Shakira thank you thank you so much thank you uh, I, I, I awesome appreciate
1: it. I appreciate the opportunity Thank you so much, everyone. Please go follow me on Instagram. I am Shakira, S-H-E-R-K-E-R-A, green. I also have a YouTube. I'm heavy on LinkedIn. More to come for me. I'm working on a couple different business ventures um, that I can't wait to share with you all. So thank you, Al.
0: Do you have a book that's going to be releasing or are you Ah! in the... the, the (laughs) And in in let the me find out it. you
1: have vision. Yes, <laughs> I am working on my book. I am working on a book around leadership, relationships, and finances. Okay. Uh, probably won't be out until the end of this year or early next year. Okay. But um, stay tuned. I'm working on something and I want it to also be an educational tool where people could write in their book okay. after each chapter. And, you know, so we talk about relationships. I wanna have some questions built in afterwards of what what are your relationships look like? What do you um, need to change based on the information I gave you? I wanted to be an educational tool, so I'm working on that. Okay. So stay tuned. Maybe I can come back on when I get
0: the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I, I would love uh, if you, you I would suggest maybe when you do your YouTube pages or something, you know what I mean, in in co- in conjunction with your book, you know, where uh it could. You know, where people could get the information and be interactive or something on your live. I mean, because the information you have is so valuable. You know what I mean? So I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah.
2: So my plate
1: was really full. Some things, um, some projects I was working on have ended. So now I have more time and I'll definitely be doing more lives. I'm actually going to be live tomorrow. Again, talking about 529 plans. It's 529 day. So we need to prepare our babies for college because unfortunately tuition just keeps going up and we gotta be prepared.
0: Man, that's awesome. So Shakira, this this I you know, I, I have to do this because this is part of my other job. I'm I'm wanna be starting doing I'm gonna be doing some lives for uh for the recreation center because I feel as though the 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 parents aren't getting the right education so uh, as, as it pertains to finances so I would love for you to do a, a little session you know what I mean uh, on finances for, for us and in, over in, in, in Hillside
1: let's do it let me know let's make you know finances sexy again <laughs> All, right.
0: All right. thank you thank you okay, again
1: thank you so much everyone be safe out there right. bye
0: bye Michael Jordan Shaquille O'Neal the late, great Kobe Bryant. What do they all have in common? It's not that they just won championships. It's more than them winning four rings, five rings, or six rings like Mike. They all had a coach, and that coach was Phil Jackson. He helped them through the process. And that's my goal, is to help you through the process our coaching sessions. When you come to me, I want to see you develop in the area of leadership. Team and culture building and conflict resolution. And this is very important to me emotional intelligence development. So I don't want to see you just be good. I want to see you be great. Go to www.mralhardy.com forward slash coaching session. Promo code OWL's Chicken and Waffles.